0: and welcome to the sheep show podcast dedicated to all things ovine thank you for joining me i'm jill noble from Holston valley farm and sheep stud and your host this is your podcast to learn more know more and achieve more when it comes to shepherding come with me as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together We're sitting here enjoying some carrot cake, and uh, it's kind of relevant to talk about what we're eating. And I said, "We," so that'll give you a hint of what's in store in this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Um, the uh, carrot cake, um, the carrots were picked today when I went to visit one of our mentors, <laughs> and that is the episode that we're going to have a chat about today on the Sheep Show podcast, which is who are our mentors. And as I said, we in our So who have I got with me? Gary. Gary. <laughs> <Jerry. laughs> yes. He's A supportive got... husband. <laughs> Long-suffering husband. So, yes. How lucky are we on the Ship Show Podcast to have this sort of very VIP guest, VIP, very important husband. And um, thank you, Gary, for coming along and chatting with us. the podcast. My pleasure. Yeah. Good. So, this is, um, I think, a, uh, a topic I've been wanting to do for a long time. I'm sorry about my quirky voice. I have um, uh, had a bit of a cold. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. Um, and this is a topic we've, I've, I've really wanted to do for a long time. And I think it's quite relevant because Gary and I look at mentors quite differently and, and sort of, sort of utilise mentors quite differently. And I thought that would be quite interesting to explore, as well as who exactly are our mentors, both Posthumous uh, and uh, and living, so living hands not living anymore, uh, and you know locally people that we know who grow us carrots and um, and other things and people who that uh, we sort of was a veil of knowledge from afar. So Gary, let's start with you. Who. who who would you say? So in, in our little farming journey that we've had. Uh, and, and I guess it, you know it's been here on Holston Valley Farm for five years, and then prior to that, eight years on our urban French farm. Who, who would you say has been the one mentor who has influenced you most?
1: Well, the the first one was Joel Salatin of Polyface Farm, and I was reading a book uh, that I got from the biggest farm up uh, in Trenton in Victoria. Sticker seeds. Sticker seeds. Yeah, and uh, it was called the omnivores' dilemma by Michael Pollan, and he's going through a lot of stuff now. Food. It's a very interesting book. Big, heavy, thick book to get through. But he took a visit to Polyface Farm in Virginia, and uh, that sounded really interesting. So I looked him up and uh, see their website and and got some books by John. But the thing with John Salatin is that he is a farmer, and he his father was a farmer. And and as a mentor, well, that was really important because he's got real-world practical experience and means successful at farming. Mm-hmm. So he's not specifically a sheep farmer. They do have a few sheep. But he is a mentor in the idea that you can be successful farming, you can make money farming, and he does it in a very green way. He's very... Mm-hmm. Um, Turned that the community as well. So, so it's, he was quite different in his approach to farming. But the key thing, he is a genuine farmer. He makes his living out of being a farmer. He did that first and foremost. And he's actually been very successful because his um, father was farming. farmer, his parents, and now his children mm-hmm. and even grandchildren. And that to me is an important sign of success because. Maybe not everyone's children want to go the farm. But if we're farming in a way that children the next generation all they want to do is get the heck out of the farm as quickly as possible because it's in their parents struggling and, and, you know, fighting the state of debt and the, time and the mental health and all that sort of stuff, then you know, we're we're not well we're not doing it right. We're not doing as well as it could be. So, to see someone who's got success across a lot of dimensions, financially and ecologically, and and lots of good customers that appreciate what they're doing, and they're happy and they're enjoying their farming, and they're very proud of it, and their kids are taking it on, uh, then that sort of holistic um, farming success that's someone who might have something worth listening
0: to. Really interesting that you mentioned. Farming success because I've uh, I've been recently listening to some of Joel's books and I want to talk about when when you explored Joel's books because sounds like it was a while ago, um, but I've recently listened to um, his book You Can Farm, uh, having dipped into it from time to time, and now I'm, this, I'm listening to another one which has just has just been released actually well reasonably recently, recently your um, more successful farm business is the name of his most recent book. So interesting, you've brought up the concept of success and how successful he is farming, and uh, and how that was inspiring for you. So when when are we talking? We, you know, when you read that 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 Michael Pollan book and got introduced to Joel first, we, you know, that's Gary's looking at me very strangely. I think that's that's oh, it has to be over fifteen years ago. Yeah,
1: it would have been. Yeah. Um, long before we were ready to yeah. um, start farming, and, and long before we were in a position to do anything. But that was inspiring. That was exciting. And so we, we started doing little things uh, on our little suburban <laughs> <laughs> growing yeah. veggies and things.
0: Again. We would have ha- we yeah. would have even been in a unit at that stage, oh, yeah, we so we yeah. had like a concrete pad at the back. Yeah, we, we brought in all these pots. We had about hundred pots
1: at one <laughs> stage. <laughs> and, and it was the Yeah, I'm just thinking about the praying mantis.
0: Yeah, I, just I, think it's, the praying I saw one today actually.
1: A few days after we um, we put all these pots in So yeah. praying mantis, mm-hmm. it, and this <laughs> I mean, was like, a yeah, just paved concrete and brick sort of thing. But if you build it down come it was something that was quite eye opening to us. And uh of course we see that now that we have access to the farm. How quickly the wildlife and ecology can respond. Yeah. So I don't know how prenatal right. things or those systems or whatever, but it was pretty quick, and we even had a fish tank. We had the yabbies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like, I remember really tall
0: Just, I got sorry. sorry. Yeah. For those of you in the US, yabbies yeah, are, Gary? They're
1: like a, 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 a monster. Uh, freshwater yeah. yeah, small. Yeah, well, yeah. they can be sort of the biggest ones will be as long as you Um, But Joel uh, was saying. Um in his book, afterwards, uh, I read this, uh, he was saying, yeah, start doing something, mm. you know, just
0: this is kind of like what we did.
1: What are you doing now? What are you doing, you, doing now?
0: Right. That, was his, that was his philosophy. What are you doing now to help you get where you want to be?
1: And uh, I think I might have read somewhere that he was talking about. Him. You know, you can, you can tell if someone is keen or genuinely enthusiastic or it's just a daydream because... Even if they haven't got a farm yet they're not in a the position to have their yet. you can look at what they actually are doing. Yeah. Um, and I think you get examples of people raising rabbits in their garage and they just yeah, try well that was mm. that was what well, it was like crap. And um, it was pretty frustrating having all these ideas and, and looking at what John was doing and it was other people were doing and not being able to do it. To get out season. Yeah. So um, I just read. He, he did. And he went to the
0: farming expos I think that's, that's that's kind of relevant because, you know, I think both of us really enjoyed those farming expos every single year. We went year after year after year, and three days was never enough for us. You know, we could have just kept going.
1: Yeah, that's right. We don't go to the lectures and who were there, and it's, again, what we're looking for, what, what really stood out was, was not just people that were selling something, but people who had actually done it. And it's yeah. nothing like someone who's been doing something successfully for a few decades because anyone can have a flash of the pan. I mean, I can look good at doing something and talk a proper, proper good story, but with someone who's actually been there and done it and, and written up the highs and the lows and the boons and busts and, 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 okay. and, and actually. Um, sort of, I am a big rat for that kind of um, credibility, I suppose you call it, but it's, it's more than that. But it's someone who really has done what you're looking to do, and in in your the way that you would like to do your kind of values, philosophy, that's it. Because if if someone that you're you're looking towards or you're listening to, if they have a different value system to you, then you have to be careful about mm-hmm. their advice because their advice will tend of yeah. to help you go down the path that they've gone down. And well apart from it, you know advice from people to go down the path that they've never gone down before, that's the to watch out for but mm-hmm. so we've got quite a few mentors in different areas. So even if they're not exactly where we want to go but they're their expertise lies in a specific field. And so John Sarson and a few other people like him, they had a mainstay background because they have actually done it and been successful at farming. And there were just a lot of interesting books we read earlier about chickens and ducks and whatever. But some of the books were, were quite interesting and entertaining. But we realized it's somebody who wanted to write a book. Yeah. It's not someone who's had four, three, four decades of successfully, you know, raising chickens. They've had it for a hobby for a while yeah. and it, it seems like a good book, but it is different when you have someone who really has been and really done it and then to get someone who's been and really done it in the way that you want it to. it. Uh, and we, we see that in the we see are these people are on there and they're talking about, they're, they're raising sheep. It was the other day and they're getting all these... They're raising them all in a big barn, in a shed, like a kind of factory, and they they get all these scrap um, bakery products and and all this sort of stuff that's been thrown out and all (laughs) this sort of food process. And they're feeding the sheep that, And and where's the second Oh, dear. What are you doing? The um, rumen,
0: the impact on the rumen of um, of them eating that is just...
1: And these sort of meat biopsy. That might be good from that point of view, but there's
0: another issue. So, so just to summarise, there. So, really, what you're saying is one of the one of the best things to look for that, that helped us anyway, and, and maybe might help others is to look for someone, whatever it is, who's done it before, and really that alignment yeah. between what your philosophy, your values, your sort of approach to whatever your farmer, in this case probably most likely sheep, given, given our listeners, and, and then use that to, to navigate, you know, the direction, yeah. Uh, I mentioned to you that I'm listening to John's books now and you might be thinking, well, Gary did this 15 years ago, Jill, why are you doing it now? And that's because we learn quite differently, Gary and I, we're, we're, he, he Gary can read a book and sort of remember it. It's quite phenomenal. And um, one of probably one of the reasons why Gary is one of my mentors. <laughs> and I see you've got my name on your list, have you? Yeah. You do. Is my name on your list? Yeah. Uh, for different things. Different things. <laughs> That's cute. Um, so Gary just knows. He knows stuff. He just knows stuff. He remembers stuff, and all of the science and the statistics and the data and stuff that I will never remember. I use those book. Or even some of the other mentors would talk about when I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. When I want to, when I want to answer a question, when I want to um, get a solution, that's that's what uh, that's what I use the books for.
1: I suppose what what I do is I want to have everything all worked out before I even mm-hmm. start, which is why we work yeah. well together because Jill just dives headlong in and doesn't mind everything being a mess, whereas I'm working on the <laughs> deal with that because I'll tend to procrastinate until Jill comes along and starts something. Most
0: likely that Gary will have to fix. (laughs) But at least to
1: gets started. So
0: what I will tend
1: to do is look for the the pieces of the puzzle and I'll try to understand it all and make it all fit together. Uh, And that helps us. I suppose, when I'm looking at all the different mentors, they all offer different things. And some uh, specific things like Pat Colby,
0: mm.
1: uh, she was a, an, a lady that came out from England and uh, she uh, had a small farm in a, a, a quite a, a difficult part of Victoria in southern Australia to to farm and the soils had been degraded a bit. And it was very different from her experience farming some of those deep soils in England. Yeah. And because of that, she was coming in with very, very fresh eyes. She didn't really have a lot of uh, agricultural training or farming mentors to, to inculcate her with, with the way things are done. And she had to work a lot of it out by herself. And so she pieced together a lot of the. Concepts about different minerals and the, the different effect they have on animals, and how you what deficiencies you get. So that was very interesting reading her, and that sort of opened your eyes to to that whole thing that a lot of illnesses and ailments are actually nutritional deficiencies. And again, she was raising uh, a herd of milking goats, and uh, that's quite taxing on the body. So you know, nutritional deficiencies will quite obvious pretty quickly. Was bit, we were trying to raise animals. And she worked out a lot of this stuff, and then she was reading uh, a, a lot of science with it, and she, through through her books, that put me on to William Albrecht, which was mm-hmm. he was a, at one point he was the um, well, probably the preeminent soil biologist of his day, pre-World War II most of it, and uh, that's a lot of the science behind a lot of these uh, concepts for, um,
0: the, 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 uh, I suppose, healthy, or health. Healthy, uh, yeah. Health, uh, naturally uh, healthy animals. Yeah,
1: be, and because it was pre-World War Two, it was World War Two where they, they really got into the, uh, the heavy nitrogenous fertilisers because they had a lot of the ammonium nitrate left because um, that's what they used, uh, basically gunpowder, um, for the munitions, and they had a lot of it left over. And it was high in nitrogen, and uh, they they sort of packaged it up and relabeled it, and it was, it was a good fertilizer for for farms. Um, but there's a few drawbacks to it. But they it really helped, especially the hybrid um, varieties of plants. Uh, so they were around for decades before World War II. But until they had that heavy, highly nitrogenous fertilizer, um, they didn't grow so well. And once they had this cheap supply, it, it took off. Now, Albrecht's work was all pre-that. So when we want to go to a low-import farm, uh, clean and green and healthy, uh, a lot of the modern stuff post-World War II is not really applicable. Mm-hmm. And, again, it will lead us down a path we don't really want to go. So people like Professor William Albrecht, uh, who was all did all his work before that, is right on track and again Pat Colby she was trying to do things without all that industrial mechanisms and uh, it it was very very useful for her but again uh, someone who had experience so was actually doing it for real where if she gets it wrong she suffers the consequences uh, and and there's nothing quite like that to actually get you to the to the real um Truth, I suppose, or the, or the uh, give you some actually practical, useful examples yeah. that that work.
0: Yeah, and and her book now is is a regular. You know, we would I would look I would look at that book at least once a week, if not more, to to mm-hmm. fix something for me. Again, fixing something, or I I'd, I'd, I'd be thinking about something and I think how do, what would I do with that. And I would go there to sort of find out the answer.
1: So that might be yeah. magnesium deficiency yeah. or too much yeah. calcium or water, something or, specific.
0: Or, you know, thinking of what are some of the issues with pregnant use or whatever, what diseases yeah. and what what do I need to work on? What do I need to increase mineral wise or whatever? And how can I do that in a low-input natural um, way?
1: Yeah. yeah, so Pat Colby's got a book called Natural Farming, which – is fairly general, mm. uh, and then she has books that you know natural care farming for sheep, for cattle, for, for goats, yeah. um, and she covers poultry as well. But mm. some of the principles you see um, coming through. Uh, but I mean, it's uh, it's not you know for everyone in every situation, but there's certainly some really good principles mm. that you that you can take from that. Um, so that was. That was a, an important step in our mm,
0: education. it sure. still is. Yeah. It still is. It's still very, very relevant and applicable, and for me, probably even more so now that we're sort of in the thick of it um, in terms of just the way I, I source information and, and use information. Yeah, so, well,
1: and we like that because a lot of these things that the natural minerals, like ascorbic acid, I really learned about uh, vitamin, vitamin
0: C, C? from Pat
1: colby <laughs> and uh, she, she would use it as a. General yeah. um, uh, antibiotic, basically, uh, for most infections, for pretty much any infection. And the problem is uh, to diagnose a specific bacterial infection or whatever it is, it, it can be difficult. And whereas just vitamin C, ascorbic acid, you can you have it as a powder form, as a drench, or in the food or injection straight away. Yeah. And it's so cheap and easy. There's really no downside to it. It's very hard to overdose. It's not like a pharmaceutical. And I suppose that's worth pointing out that the Mm. difference, a a nutrition, a nutrient or a a mineral supplement, basically with a nutrient, you're giving a natural substance that the body is naturally designed to use, Mm. whereas a pharmaceutical agent is is a substance that will block or inhibit a natural body process. Mm. That's the difference. So a mineral just allows a natural body process, or a, sorry, a nutrient will allow a natural body process, whereas a pharmaceutical blocks or inhibits. And how do you know that, Gaz? Yes? Oh, well, I worked for pharmaceutical company for <laughs> or pharmaceutical for 10 years, and I suppose that that was also part of what mm. helped lead us onto this because I did horticulture out of high school and then went into into mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical industry. So I got a bit of physiology and pharmacology uh, as well as having, having a plant on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I suppose I was able to join the dots a bit. Um, but I suppose the point I was making there is with something like a acid or some or some seaweed meal or all of these things that you'll find in these books, in Pat Coleman books and others like it, is it's cheap and it's easy and um, there's really no downside, mm. so you can try it. Okay, so we're reading a book that this helps remedy this situation. Oh well, let's give it a try.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: and then if it works, it works. Great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's, it's no big deal. So we don't have and to there's be there's no, well.
0: no harm done.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah with these things, so it's very very low risk. I mean, you can you can overdose yeah. on on any you know mineral or bits, but, but it's much much harder to do. Yeah. Much lower. Much, much greater tolerance because it's no. yeah. so. So you can kill things with too much copper, sure. you know, for example, and other things. But it's actually, putting, much harder to do that.
0: Putting, for example, cod oil drops in a sheep's eye because they have either an eye infection or or pink eye or or, or, eye or, or, or even blindness that we've had. Oh, thank goodness we haven't had any this year. But the last couple of years we have. It, surely it's you know, unless you 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 introduce some sort of a foreign bacteria in the eye by doing that. So if you use everything clean, clean yeah. syringe to do the dropping, it's truly it can't, it can't hurt.
1: Well, the the difference there is it's one of, it's not really philosophy, but it's understanding that that's what a pharmacological agent does. Mm. And what we do a lot in in farming is we, we go out there and we kill things. So we... Yeah, you have a weed and you kill it, It is a bacteria, you kill it, a fungi, you kill it, a pest, you kill it. Whereas what what we can actually change our mindset a bit, when we see uh, a disease or a pest or some problem, it's, it's either going to be genetics, management or nutrition. Now, where it's nutrition, rather than kill the pathogen, what most of them seem to be is that the the organism, the body, the, the sheep, the cow, the, the plant, they're just lacking the raw materials they need to support their own immune system. So, their own immune and defense system can protect itself. That's what a lot of these deficiencies are a sign of. And that's that's what Pat Colby and William Albrecht and his science, uh, and there's reams and reams and reams of it. Um, I
0: think that's the show. thing. Sorry to interrupt. I think that's the thing that some people, when they read Pat Colby or they hear about Pat Colby, oh, it's not, it's not evidence based. It's all hearsay. So
1: sort of hippie, so yeah, weird, but they
0: stuff. don't realize they haven't made that connection that yeah. that her her application is her experience, but the reasons mm. why she's making those decisions about that application is based in that pre World War II evidence and, and scientific a research. A
1: They are huge, aren't they? There's volumes volumes and volumes. And and it's all research. Coming from a kind of a science background, of course, I check the references. Okay, that's a good claim, but what's the evidence? And is there not just a few papers? Is there a a robust body of good quality evidence? Um, Ideally, as close as you can get to the gold standard, double blind, randomized placebo controlled trials that. Uh, which you can't always do in every agricultural application, but the one one example of that is with that cod liver oil example for pink eye. The there's a, it's been found there's a bacteria that causes the pink eye, and the bacteria is transported by certain species of flies. Mm. But you can actually see f- herds of cows that have pink eye right in, just over a fence from herds of cows that don't have pink eye.
0: Even the fly is... So the fly flat. is going from
1: one to the other. So why is the pathogen present, yeah. but but one flock has got, you know, 5% of the cows have got pink eye and the others have got none? It, the reason is because the bacteria can only thrive and flourish and, and get to a point where it's causing a problem if the immune system yeah. of the animal is deficient in whatever it needs to defend yeah. it against yeah. that particular bacteria. Yeah. And and that's what's being found that uh, vitamin A... Probably a few other things. Um, the vitamin A is important. There's vitamin A, ret- retinol uh, in cod liver oil, but it's, it's probably not just straight retinol. It would be the, the beta carotenoids or some other and, and probably a few different compounds. But that's what the immune system needs. And vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. It uh, gets stored in the liver and it's it's only found in green vegetation so if there's no green in the feed, and where I've over the years before I knew any of this you notice where you get pink eyes often in the autumn and it's all dry and dusty and they're probably just on hay and uh, dry grass and so their levels get depleted and so you can you can attack that with a pharmacological agent that will kill the bacteria or you can say well um let's give the body what it needs so the body's own immune system can repel the 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 pathogen Mm -hmm. and uh that's that's a totally different approach so rather than going around just trying to kill everything uh what you can actually do is is start to see, okay well why is that organism susceptible to -hmm. this pest or disease and you can apply that to your land and to you know the the individual animals but the flock as a whole Mm -hmm. and it's that old um you know saying well, you don't have a an abundance of snails you have a dearth of ducks <laughs> so and but but then again you know why you know, why is this why is this happening and get try and get to the root cause of it and so that was an important um, yeah. mindset that we can try and apply uh, and and get us away from this reactive farming all the time
0: uh, yeah. so where you or, or band aid solutions yeah, that's and, right. and things like that so and I'm really focused on, I suppose, really focus on prevention rather than cure, exactly. which is always a, a much more effective option. But then, you know, if we look at Pat's work, there's still an, an option. If, if that doesn't work, if your prevention strategies don't yeah. work, then she's got a cure, you know. Yeah. And that cure is, is 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 still in that natural, holy stick, um, work with nature rather than and against Yes, yeah, it's nature. more
1: supporting yeah. the, the body's natural processes mm-hmm. rather than trying to kill something or trying to prevent natural process. And, of course, in agriculture, if we want to eat the food, you know, I would want to eat food from a a farm where there's a lot of health and vitality and living things, enjoying life, rather than, as Joel points out, uh, farms where you've got to get special permission to be able to visit, you've got to wear a space suit and go through a chlorine bath with your feet or whatever, whatever. and you think, yeah, well, they're growing food to put in your body and little kids' bodies, you know. So maybe there's a better. Way. And again, that's that's a different mentor that, that might be yeah. aligned uh, to your way of thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Who else have you got guests?
1: Okay, so the different mentors can fall into different categories. So, so farmers. For the reasons that I've mentioned before, that they, they've got the practicality, they've actually survived as farmers, and I, the farmers were making their living mm-hmm. as farmers because uh, they're, they're probably more dealt with the real problems. So, in other words, Gabe Brown, um, he's quite famous on yeah. YouTube. YouTube,
0: huge YouTube following.
1: Five thousand acres. region yep. uh, Regen Ag, I mean, natural farming. farm. Oh, that's Greg Judy.
0: Oh, it's Greg yeah. Judy. Oh.
1: But uh, so, so Gabe and. It, and another one who's farming with his, his son as well, yep. um, which is always a good sign. But uh, the, the brown ranch out there, and it was just stunning to me because you, you watch some of his videos and they're fascinating they're on YouTube, it's brilliant. But he starts off and, he, and they're on a, a desolate kind of countryside, 10 or 11 inches of rain, another five or six inches of snow melt, 120 frost-free days a year where it doesn't go below zero. Yeah. Um, so that might be sort of normal for a lot of you, but for a lot of us around here, you know, that's tough, like cold mm-hmm. and dry, and and he's able to do you know, some incredible things and he doesn't have to um, till and plough and use lots of chemicals. He's, he's very, very productive, very, very profitable, and I'm thinking, well, we don't know what we're doing down here. If we have lots more rain and sunny and it's a lot easier, uh, and so someone who's been doing it on a large scale, because a lot of people say, oh, this sort of permaculture, this sort of rich it can't, can't work on scale. Um, but here's people who have done it. Yeah. So you can you can yeah. find people and been doing it for a long period of time. So he's got a lot of really good um, uh, practical things. Greg Judy is another farmer, you know, rotational grazing again, which all is a Gary Brown, Greg Judy.
0: There's big a lot time. of themes, similar Yeah, themes, that's it. Good? And that's that
1: just makes you think, yeah. yeah, okay. A lot of these people who are very mm-hmm. successful farmers and their families into it and their family's taken on board and they're doing really well financially and they're kind of enjoying themselves. They're happy, relaxed, you know. Um, and, and that's one thing I noticed, that uh, if you ever try to get um, income protection insurance for a farmer, it's very hard. And one of the reasons is um, uh, so. mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard. And a lot of that's due to stress. So it's very very hard. The insurance companies look at all the figures, and they know how stressful it is. And where, whereas here's you got some people who are very successful and they they're enjoying their their farm. So that.
0: Um, and, and the other thing I think that I quite like about people like that is um, that it, just like you mentioned, it, they're not hiding. You know, everything is open to bear.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Greg Judy yeah. often has his YouTube, and he has YouTube videos every week and he's out in the paddock yep. they're all of him out in the paddock look at this look what i found Here's his pasture that was overgrazed. don't let don't do this and he's and you can hear him he's so oh look at that cow isn't she beautiful oh that's he's just so happy to be a farmer mm-hmm. he's enthusiastic he loves it and just tuning in for a few minutes every week when he's he's got a he's it's got inspired, a top of it. Isn't yeah it it's it's is inspiring. and it, it just sort of yeah. keeps you going but but and he's been going for years and years mm-hmm. and years, and you can see the uh, the benefits on the farm. And then as, as we make a little bit of progress, and we can think, oh, well, that's good because you know we're on the way mm-hmm. to somewhere towards what Gabe and Joel and Greg Judy have got, mm. and we can see it heading in that direction. Exactly. So it's uh, it's really good. And, and he again, um, Greg Judy is cattle farmer, but he's got sheep now mm. and he's been doing the sheep for a while. And
0: a shedding sheep.
1: A shedding sheep, mm. just like ours. Yeah. So he's got lots of practical hints and tips on that. And, mm. yeah, so
0: they're the, the farmers. the farmer categories, yeah? What other yeah.
1: categories? Well, then you have um, people who are specific subject matter experts, such as scientists. Mm. And there's lots of scientists, like we mentioned, um, oh. William Albrecht, oh. Professor William Albrecht, voice oh. and a lot of these guys. Uh, but... What we've been getting into a bit more lately was the um, all the soil scientists. It yes. goes through all the different protozoa and the nematodes and how it all works, and mm. uh, that's really, really important, and um, it helps you understand how to make that trade-off, I think, between uh, sometimes when you're, you're, you're doing your rotations or you're managing your, your sheep, you've got to make the, the trade-off between production and production capacity so you've got to make the trade-off between what's best for the sheep and what's best for the pasture mm. and this this is the point we come when we we've um get into a difficult part of the year either at the height of summer or on the depth of winter and the growth has slowed down mm. and um, we want to make sure the sheep have all the best nutrition they can uh and we're looking around is this pasture ready to put sheep back on and uh Maybe as far as the pasture goes, we want to leave it a bit longer, but we, we need to get the sheep back on. And where they are now is is we want to move it off. And so you've got to make these um, calls. These calls. Yeah. And so understanding the, the physiology of the grass and, yeah. and all the, well, the pasture, it's not just grass, of course, <clears throat> and understanding all the soil Sometimes what's in the best interest of the sheep is not what's in the best interest of the soil, which is your long-term production mm. capacity. So, But sometimes um,
0: you, you, you know that you just got to make a call. you got mm. to make a call. Um, Charlie Arnott um, would be a, a sort of a recent mentor for me, at, and, and he has a podcast um, called The Regenerative Journey, and he says, uh, and, and, again, I think let, let's, let's look at what he says with, with, through Gary's eyes here, what he say. But Johnny Arnold says you've got to love your soul more than you love your sheep or your animals. And, and I suppose, you know, in in the reality, though, sometimes you've just got to make a hard decision yeah. around, well, yes, I would love to leave that pasture go for another month, but you know what? I can't. Mm-hmm. I have a production goal that, you know, I need to meet or, you know, I've got a lamb or whatever it might be. It's hard.
1: Yeah, that's it. And, of course, it's a, it's a moving um, yeah. work in progress and we don't have everything to the ideal yet. And we, we've got quite a few paddocks all fenced nicely with all the water and we've all got the right amount of shade yeah. and all that sort of stuff, but not everywhere has that yet. And so we've, we've just got to do the best we can. Yeah. Uh,
0: but The envi- the different seasons and environmental elements change yeah. change frequently as well.
1: But, uh listening to these soil scientists like elaine ingham uh she talks a lot about Mm. the heavy science um she's she's not a farmer she is a soil scientist Mm. um but then you 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 take that knowledge and you apply it it
0: was was elaine ingham who who designed the soil food web was that her conversation? yeah i think so i think
1: yeah yeah and that's a good thing to understand and
0: really focusing on the below ground livestock yeah that's
1: it well well, that's the first that's the first uh, crop you grow Yes, is, is the fungi and the bacteria and all that. Yes. So you've got to think about the impact. Yes. That happening. probably brings
0: us back to the carrot conversation <laughs> that we had at the start, Gary, which was those carrots that we had the carrot cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because we're very, we're quite likely talking for Elaine Ingham. Um, we have a soil mentor and, and uh, Gerhard is very much alive and well and kicking. Yeah. <laughs> so and and here, ironically, in Holston too. Yeah, that's right. We, we met him when we were years twenty ago, years ago. Yes, yeah, listen like to his talks. Listen to his talks when we were on our little sort of education journey. And you you kept talking about him and kept referring to him. And then mm-hmm. you found his number when we when we moved here. You found his number. Yeah. And called him up and said to him, "Gerard, you know we." We'd love to have you come and consult. And we've got a farm in Holston, and Ger- Gerhard said to you,
1: I "Said what? Holston? Whereabouts?" <laughs> and there he is, just a couple of k's up the road.
0: Yeah, he literally is. So I so. Popped, popped up to him today. To um, he got me, he, he, we, we barter and sort of work together all the time. He, he bought me some seedlings this week. I brought him back his his trays, and um, I'd made some lamb soup for lunch today, and brought him a bowl of lamb soup. And
1: I came home with carrots, which i yeah. now turned into carrot cake. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, that's, that's the thing that, you know, people can talk a good talk, yeah. but, but when carrots. you actually, you actually see the, the, the fruits of the labour yeah. and, and you think, well, yeah, this, this person knows what they're talking mm-hmm. about. And he's a style of mentor, which is great because we do, he's, he's local. We do see him a bit and, and we can have lots of conversations and, and uh, we got a relationship where he can he can challenge us. Mm. He can have some um, maybe difficult, uncomfortable conversations. So he's a lovely guy, but he, he he's not afraid to sort of throw things out yes. there. What
0: are you doing to with your, challenge us? What about the other livestock, Gary?
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what, yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> you know, to ask you what you're doing, and then yep. you know, keep keep you thinking about how that's going to impact the um, the soil, and, and that's the you know future production, production capacity versus production. But, I mean, again, he's got a farm and he is quite realistic about that Mm -hmm. and say, well, this might be the ideal, but, hey, you know, you've got livestock you need to feed. That's it. Uh, So he's grounded in in a lot of practicality. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: And he's great too because he's someone that is connected in to a whole network of all that. Uh, you know whether it's permaculture or, or,
0: or Drain, organics so. or biodynamics mm. and all that mm.
1: whole um, field, yeah. and and that's that's in, in contrast to some of our other mentors who are heavily connected into uh, the sheep industry in the into the mainstream sheep, sheep industry, such as Jason who's yeah. been on before, two ag degrees, very very successful uh, yeah. farmer, and. He's he's our sheep mentor.
0: What, one, of uh, one of them, of our, I, I would say, yeah,
1: sheep mentor.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he's definitely been probably the biggest influence that we've had in terms of sheep.
1: So specific details about If We had anything about the confirmation of the structure, or specific ailment yeah. uh, for sheep. Uh, he's he's been our go-to. Yeah, uh, and he's he's always ready to answer the phone. He just knows.
0: I think that's tough. That's um that's quite a useful thing to sort of bear in mind But you know, when you're seeking a mentor or maybe you're being a mentor for someone, it, it is about that. It's about answering the phone. Yeah. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's about, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not something you switch on and switch off. You are the mentor. You are the, you know, mm-hmm. or, or you're, you're hoping that your mentor will answer the phone. Does that make sense? Cause I, I feel that I feel like, like I've got a few people who phone me now, you know, which is yes. lovely, and I, I think they're they're phoning me. I, I want to help, you know, and I might I might be busy, I might be doing other things, but I know if they're calling, there's you know it, they've
1: got a sheep in trouble. There's, yeah, something there's
0: something like there. About there's something, something there. Yeah, and I think that's a you know it's, I don't know if you call it responsibility or accountability or just. It's just part and parcel of it, and I think when you're looking for a mentor, that's what you want. You want someone to be there for you. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? When well, we're talking about a, a living, breathing mentor here now, so, yeah, that's
1: <laughs> that's right. So um, it'd be great if uh,
0: Pat Joel, was around, Joel
1: Salatin or Gabe Brown would answer my <laughs> call. <laughs>
0: they,
1: they probably would answer the email. probably would. Something. But
0: hang on, you but did do a call, a course, with Joel I did, Salatin. I did you go did. And meet him you did have a weekend time. with him, and he was good. Was Aaron, Darren, that was Brian, yeah. Brian, yeah. um, I'm I'm the same with Simon. Um Simon has been on a sheep show podcast and I know have avid listener. Hi Simon. You know, he, he always answers the phone. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. just so so good. So it, it, you know it's just, and, and you know definitely Simon would be would be someone that I would class as a as a mentor. You know, from a sheep point of view and um, um you know sheep sheep industry, sheep politics, those sorts yeah, of things. He's yeah. really, really good at that as well as someone really who's connected
1: it. in and yeah. I think you want to be connected in to some to to people who are at the forefront who are leading i mean yes. it is great yes. to have people who who are very experienced but you want to have people who are on the cutting yeah. edge uh and even if you're not going to go exactly that way see people who've got their finger on the pulse yeah. uh so they 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 know where things are, uh, are heading and yeah, and what's really going on yeah. um, to to help you? Just keep it keep a bit in touch and keep abreast of of where things are at mm. uh, for for that industry uh, way of going, and, and you can see certain trends
0: yeah.
1: um, emerging, and you want to you want to keep in in, in front of that.
0: We're sort of moving really into your last category, haven't we, Gary? The, the locals, you call them.
1: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. So there's a lot of people who um, really helped us. Yeah. Um, and a few people that spent spoken to us are obviously neighbours. Yeah. Um. So a um, lovely um, neighbour, Bill Holloman, and they've moved further up the road now. But in the early days, uh, I mean, he was 80-odd when yeah. um, uh, when we were first here and he had a lot of local knowledge. Mm. He, was a, he was a dairy farmer. He didn't know much about sheep, but he knew a lot about a lot of stuff yeah. and a lot of farming stuff. Uh, and so he was great. So that sort of specific knowledge is really good.
0: My dad, of course, going yeah. and you know, just, again. People who have yeah, been in sheep for a they've while. they've been in sheep for a while. And, I it's often very, very different, but it's, it's a perspective, you know. Sometimes yeah. you just need that perspective. Like I remember my dad talking about feeding the sheep ivy. Yeah,
1: they're, they're yeah, lovely hints and tips like that because it was um, pregnancy toxemia. It was a
0: pregnancy toxemia. Or, so or scouring. I can't remember an
1: Yeah, if it was some ivy, I don't yeah. know, I'd be worried.
0: But, mm-hmm. You
1: know, they ivy,
0: that, mm-hmm. that, that
1: ivy, that English ivy that grows up the trees. But we had seen the sheep in Morlbark Sh- eating it. Yeah. They went for it and they didn't die. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So, lots and lots of things like that. Um, mm. a, a lot of advice to put diesel on things. So, give it. If they if had ringworm, yeah. put diesel ringworm, on it.
0: Ringworm orf.
1: Or, yeah, yeah. Put ring. Put diesel yeah. on it. So yeah. So we, we Pretty don't, much everything. We don't. We don't. Do no,
0: we don't. <laughs> but, but yet what what I like we've we have I've, I have used Pine and I have used apple cider vinegar. And I guess the the point is it's just about that topical application of something that would be I suppose caustic slash acidic, and in to kill those fungals, because they're funguses, aren't they? Greenworms, the green ones are fungus. Yeah, yeah. It helps. It really does help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who else have
1: you got? So, well, another group of people is the um, the, the people at the local farm store. We, we, oh. we had one that um, was used to be called Murray Gold. It was called Ag Warehouse. But they they sell a lot of uh, things that you need for farming, like mm-hmm. gadgets and widgets and pipe fittings and whatnot. Um, but we found a good guy, Dale, mm-hmm. and the gang down there in Ag warehouse, and Jared and Beck, and, that, oh, and uh, they come in, and they're, they're connected in yeah. to a lot of the industry suppliers. So Dale knows all about the different branches and all about the different products and all about this stuff, and he's been very good because if he doesn't know, you know, he can find out, or he, he's been able to tap us into. That whole side of things.
0: So order, while ordering worth? us stuff mm. that, that they wouldn't normally have because it can be quite mainstream, that's one thing just to be aware of. You know, those yeah those project stores can be quite mainstream. But but just have to say, Hey, I want I want to get, you know, biowarmer and they'll get it for you. You yeah, know, they get it, they'll get it.
1: Well he and he will refer mm. us to someone else in mm. town who who has it if they don't or it's not yeah. viable. So That's been a great relationship with mm-hmm. Foster and then we've we've helped them out at shows we've been out and sort of
0: yeah, it's, you it's, know, it's, telling
1: it's, people to go there because they're into sheep now and, and then yeah. help us um, give us things to um, sponsor us and yeah. whatnot at the show. Yeah. So that's been brilliant. That's yeah. been great. But certainly you can find someone, one of the farm projects, retailers, you can build a relationship yeah. to help you tap into that side yeah. of things is very very useful um, and and people who like that who know a lot of people in town mm-hmm. and whether it's they might know truck drivers they might know vets yeah. they might know wh- whomever you, you never know what you might need yeah. but if if I really don't know and I could I could ring him up and I could say hey hey Dale, you know where where would i get tires from for my quad bike or whatever mm-hmm. i bet you he would know mm-hmm. so where can i get this yeah. where's the best place to get your car serviced you know, yeah i bet you he would know yeah so, Especially um, when
0: you're new in town, yeah, no, it's good to have that. And where and I would think, you
1: go to get this? Yeah, because he's been living in town for yeah. his whole life, mm. so he knows who's dodgy they really are who's, the locals. Yeah, aren't they? that's it. And mm. and so having having people like that who, who know,
0: yeah,
1: uh, that that, mm. and uh, who else have we got here? Um, just on on locals. I mean, a lot of other people who have got a similar philosophy, similar values, yes. similar ideas, and we've got a lot of people that we're meeting in the local sort of land care group, the regen ag group, and, and we've started it with a, um, a definite agricultural program. Uh, it's not just for sheep farmers, but for farming, because mm. um, land care can be a bit more towards it's farmers, but they're doing conservation work, so we wanted to really look at
0: is there an equivalent in the US of land care?
1: Yeah, there would be, I imagine, but yeah. I mean, there'd it's be quite some an Australian
0: extreme. concept yeah, it might they get they, they, they receive a lot of government funding and plant
1: uh, trees, yeah. And spray yeah, lands yeah. And things
0: like that. yeah. So and again, quite quite conventional sort of approach. Um but we, we, we like the concept of, but Yeah, we're sort of adding a little bench to it, a bit of a regen bench But
1: we we really want it to be about farming
0: mm-hmm. and how to
1: farm in you know, a sustainable and you know beyond sustainability sort of way, yeah. um, and people have been flocking to it. There's a mm. lot of people who want to farm, and I think that's, sure. that's important for whether it's, um, you know, for global warming, and you, you, 10% of Australia's emissions, I think, are um, from agriculture apparently, um, 20% worldwide, uh, and you've got to get to the farmers. If, if that's an issue yep. and, and you need to do it, you've got to get the farmers. They control the land. Mm-hmm. They're managing the land. Uh, and we want to be able to grow food in a clean, healthy way. And if, if carbon is, a, is an issue, which, I mean, I, I don't see there's downside. If someone was to tell me in 30 years' time, oh, that whole global warming, it didn't, didn't go as bad as we thought, I still have no regrets about getting a lot more carbon into sort of farming in a way that we get more carbon in soil because carbon does a whole lot of other things. It helps you have with more water retention and it's more food for the biology, which you grow better pasture for your sheep and all that. So... Um there's no downside to it so getting getting involved with a lot of other farmers who have a similar um, approach and they're inspiring and got all their stories and
0: and I, and I think that's it's interesting to sort of look at that because some people might be listening to this and thinking oh we don't have that in our location well we didn't either we we we've between ourselves and gerhard we've we've sort of set this up you know this yeah, is something we've it. done um because we thought it wasn't quite it, there. yeah there was nothing there but it's it's sort of taken on a bit of a life of its own yeah, now, and um,
1: a lot of other people will put yeah. themselves into it, in and you've just got uh, to build a it lot more. A lot there's a lot of expertise and experience, a lot that dwarfs ours, and, yeah, and that's what sure. we, we're really looking for. And um, it's great for us
0: because
1: mm. um, we learn, but um, yeah. it can help help a lot of other people.
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting there to just to think about that. You know, are there mentors that you have that? do that they sort of keep you motivated or give you energy you, you know and things like that and I and I think I think for me Beverly Ann who I know is a great listener as well she you know I just chat with Beverly Ann and it, she's she's just energetic she's passionate Beverly Ann's just energy ball of energy and and I just I just find it so motivating and I think sometimes as farmers we need that we and it's good for our mental health as well to sort of have that going to shows even and things like that you know getting the buzz from the shows, I think is a really good people like Gavin Wall, you know, turns up in a in a, a bright coloured shirt, you know, yeah, and Gavin's yeah. been on the Sheep Show podcast and and he's just he's,
1: he's, a he, yeah. he's yeah. and how and also integrity,
0: well. yeah, yeah, professionalism, exactly integrity, you know, that's a he's a really good mentor for those elements. And I remember saying to Gavin at one one of my first shows, Gavin, I don't know what to do. I've entered two sheep in this pair competition and I'm thinking this, what, this you and this you, but they're really small. And he said to me, Jill, but they're a good pair. You know, they, they're well-matched. They're a good pair. Go with it. And that was a light bulb moment for me. It was even a bigger light bulb moment when I got the blue ribbon over Jason.
1: <laughs> and the judge and said, I'll tell you why,
0: because they were small. Because, uh, Through a gritty Yeah, teeth. yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he I think <laughs> that was the
1: him. only room he didn't do that whole show. Uh, we probably,
0: I think it was two minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, he's still, we, we still have. <laughs> he's still oh, have yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. He's still not happy about it. <laughs> you know, three years later or something. But, yeah. but, well, it, it, but it, I guess it, it goes to, and I've done some recent episodes of On Showing, and of course, they may not be relevant for everyone, but those of us who, who, who do show, it, you just really got to know the rules,
1: yeah, and if you know the rules,
0: it. then you've got a better chance of winning than someone thinks they know the rules or sort of is is going with their two best sheep, which may not be the best pair. Yeah. But people like that. Yeah. That's that's what a mentor does for you. They they mm. sometimes they help you trust your own instincts as well.
1: Yeah, and you're on the right
0: track.
1: Yeah. yeah. They're out there. Yes. They're out there. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear.
0: (laughs) Where did that come from?
1: Uh, It's probably kind of. (laughs) of, It sounds like something that the teachers would say. um, Is there a Star Wars
0: equivalent? Uh, A Yoda, a Yoda sort of uh, um, young Jedi. You still have.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it probably is, but um, that's the thing. And there is a lot in that,
0: where mm-hmm. the student
1: is ready to appear, And I think um, when you put yourself out there and people can pick up on your passion and enthusiasm mm-hmm. and, and you're open to it. Yeah. And and then you, you'll see it's out there. And people are, are very we- willing to put themselves out
0: there. Yeah. And we've
1: rattled off a heap of people that have helped us and yeah. been really, really good for us. Yeah. Uh, but Jill's really put herself out there and she's yeah. always willing to help other people. And, um, you know, this is like setting up a community group or she volunteers at the local hall. she's on the committee for the hall, she she volunteer for for everything and be willing to stick her neck out and, and help. And I think that's what people are picking up on. And uh, I remember remember one of the Wilshire Horn Street people, we, we were asking questions of the, um, Brian Wilson and, Joe Wilson, who was president of it, and had this big Wilshire horn sheep farm, and this this other member of the the association, he said, look at you two sponges just listening. And we were kind of like kids in a game where we were asking questions and they're just taking notes.
0: Yeah. I I used to record everything. (laughs) I used to record all the judges' comments at the shows and listen to them back and, you know.
1: (laughs) And I think because of that, people pick up on that Mm. and they're, they're much more open or willing to put themselves out or to give when a, they can see that you're.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's probably not a conscious thing. But I think
0: that things like that, when when you do it and you show vulnerability, because we were showing vulnerability there that we don't know everything, we're learning.
1: Don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and then it allows others to be vulnerable as well. And whether whether yeah, that's just about saying, you know, I'm struggling, I need someone to talk to, even though I might be a sheep expert or. You know, I have a challenge here. It, it just that showing vulnerability, I think, is a is a lovely thing. Humility, perhaps, as well. It's it's good. I think it's 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 a helpful human trait to actually have.
1: Well, the the, the usefulness of the cup is in its <laughs> emptiness. Who's that from? Uh, I, well, my karate instructor <laughs> said. That I think he followed up by saying, "A yeah, few of you are quite useful." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but slightly empty.
1: But uh, maybe he was looking at me. That's why I
0: <laughs> but, um,
1: but that's yeah. That's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of possibility in I don't know. Yes. And I think help me. That help me understand. Also, yeah. yeah. And I think all of a sudden you find mentors uh, because people are very very happy and, and willing
0: willing
1: mm. um, when you're when you're yeah. open to it.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. I think it's a it's a really good thing, and, and I think that's something for for all of us to sort of think about. You know, we're we're all on a bit of a journey, and with with farming and and even just, you know, farming for the future and farming in different ways. So it's it's good to continue that, and that's the whole point, I suppose, of this conversation is that to help people see that you know we, we still have mentors. You know, we we might be helping still, others now. Well, of course, of course we do. But, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I feel like. You know, I've got this podcast, but most of the time it's about me learning. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: for sure. But again,
1: you are put yourself out there, mm. and uh, you its coming back to you.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, It's—it's uh, good. I think we're. You know, I think I, I say this at the start of every sheep Show podcast. You know, it, this is about learning together and working together and um, helping each other. You know, to, and 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 in return having a better result for our sheep and uh, and a better result for the efforts that, that we put in as well. And enjoying a nice lamb soup and carrot cake.
1: Yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. yeah.
0: The final yeah. comments, gas? then, about your mentors and what they've meant for you?
1: You know, it's been a good process to, to think about uh, that and to think about the influences that we've had had mm. and look what, what gaps there might be yeah. and if there's areas where we're struggling well, who am I listening to or where mm. am I getting influence from am I, and am I trying to reinvent the wheel myself when yeah. maybe there's someone out there who's got a track record of success, who knows what they're doing, that can help me with this uh, instead of me just hit my head against a brick wall yeah. um, and uh, there'll be someone out there um Maybe I just haven't been a ready enough, student. yet. <laughs> maybe I could be a bit more proactive and
0: and, and you know, sometimes and that's it. It's yeah. just about trying to ask potentially for for someone as well, asking asking for someone to formally or informally mentor you, or just yeah, being showing that vulnerability and, and looking and seeking for that help.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so that that's what I'll take away is um, yeah, well what. Mm. What uh, what struggles am I having that I uh, maybe just stop and um, look at gee, the mm. help that we've had from so many people in so many areas that that we feel we're, we're doing well. Yeah, we're making progress. Well, maybe maybe I can uh, find find a someone or a yeah. couple of people to
0: take us to the next, yeah, to the yeah. next level.
1: Mm. Mm, for sure, love it. Gaz? no worries. And uh, it's great to see you um, doing your bit, I suppose, to, for the next generation. The amount of young people, ah, you yes, young people that are
0: it and is. People. Well, yeah, I mean, even even this week, this week last week, I had one Narissa, and I'm not sure license, um, in from Flinders College in, in the Peninsula, contact me. She's doing an ag science program project for her ag science subject, and um wanting to interview me. Yeah, so right. she sent me a lot of questions and I answered them for her and um and it was yeah, it's it's lovely to sort of contribute and 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 yeah help help out. So and you yeah. have Brooklyn Brooklyn and Yes, Megan. Lots, yeah. Of, lots of other yeah, yeah, for sure. And then even today we had Max and Jan, you know, pop in, in pop in and, and they're the completely the other end of the spectrum, aren't they? Well
1: and and you can this is interesting yeah. because I mean They came with a list of questions and (laughs) a notebook notebook. and wrote wrote down, so you can tell. Hey, we're we're very happy to um, spend time with everybody, but
0: but
1: boy, when someone comes prepared and is is keen like that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very very happy to point them in the right direction or help where we can, or point them to someone else who's who's more more suited or more knowledgeable than us, or. What not? So we had a we had a
0: great. Time. I did. I, they went home with a bag of lamb too. Yeah. <laughs> a little sample, a little sample mm-hmm. pack of lamb, which is good because again, and, and actually, I don't think I've asked you this on your um, because normally I ask a lot of people I interview. Not that you're really a person I'm interviewing because I want you on the tip of the podcast more, Gary, mm-hmm. and so do the listeners. You got listeners, you got to show Gary some love, and and. <laughs> Help me convince him that he should be on the Sheep Show podcast more. So I want lots of messages from you, lots of reviews on Gary, lots of feedback so I can show Gary how much you will love him because the statistics show that you do, but we, we need to sort of um, pump pump him up. And now I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> where, where was I going with that? Uh, <laughs> where,
1: are you, where, where are you going with that?
0: It, good. It, did. it did, it did, it did, it did. I'm gonna to have to go listen back and see what it was now. If I can't remember what it was, it something about yes, I know where it was. I knew we would get there. What is your favourite cup of lamb or lamb recipe to eat?
1: Oh um, yeah, Uh-oh. what was more is one of my favourite from kid mum's lamb roast. Okay, it's fantastic. But the cutlets and, and oh, the more um, backstrap, salad.
0: oh Pat's favourite Pat.
1: That his favourite. I love the, the, the lamb and really Josh type of things, um, And then it's, um it's juice like, well, yeah, it's not, red sort of, I think, yeah, I don't know, it's hard to put down one. Uh, it's hard to be a bit of cutlet with a bit of, a bit of tzatziki, you yeah. know, your sort of thing. That's
0: the cutlets are, they're done. And time. Time. Well, yeah. I think they're so... Um, versatile because you could crumb them. You can yeah. do a Greek one. You can put a few yeah. verbs and yeah. things on them. Yeah, for sure. Well, we better cut it off because someone else is calling yeah, sure. Thanks, Kaz. Cool. Okay. <laughs> See you. You've been listening to the Sheep Show podcast with Jill Noble from Halston Valley Farm. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on your preferred podcast app. Each rating and review helps us fulfill our goals of helping you learn more, know more and achieve more when it comes to all things ovine. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, sheep well.